This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Sponsored by Vane Innovations. And welcome to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. Well, I don't know about you, but my favorite part of the plate are the vegetables and so when i found this cookbook called the vegetable butcher i had to have her on it's Kara mangini and she's the author of the vegetable butcher how to select prep slice dice masterfully cook vegetables from artichokes to zucchini and Kara, i know that when i've cooked them myself they're very bland and boring, but when I go to a restaurant, they're they're much more interesting. So that's why I wanted to have you on because your cookbook really, I mean, you even have vegetables that I've never even heard of in this cookbook. So first of all, tell us a little about your background and then how you came to write this book. So I come from a family of butchers. I'm from this big Italian family where food is the center of our universe. And everything that happens at the table for me really sort of shaped my life, ultimately. Um, And I come from a family of traditional meat butchers. And so I decided to take sort of that you know, my heritage and Mm -hmm. combine it with my interest in food and health uh, and also my appreciation for food as, you know, um, as one of the great joys in life uh, to, you know, put it together to to become essentially a vegetable butcher and to focus my work on vegetables and vegetable education and hopefully to help people feel really comfortable and confident cooking with vegetables every day. Well, like, like I said, a lot of people, I mean, I didn't know, no offense to you, Mom, I didn't know asparagus was tasty because my mom always steamed it or, you know, it was always kind of slimy no. until it was roasted and it... it it had this new life all of a sudden. Absolutely. And I don't think you're alone in that. I was the same. And my mom's actually a really great cook. Uh, but when it came to vegetables, they were always steamed until the life was just completely right. sucked out of them. There was no flavor. They had a mushy texture. And I think a lot of people have that had that experience that really turned them off from eating vegetables, where vegetables became this obligation, something we had to eat or were forced to eat. And there was really no flavor and no, no enjoyment. Um, out of them. So, you know, my goal is to get that great flavor. And roasting, obviously, is something that gets great color and texture. Um, But I think a lot of people sort of lost that intuitive knowledge of how to cook with vegetables. Uh, And so steaming or boiling was just like an easy thing and just to put vegetables on the plate. Um, And so, you know, again, my goal, I spent a lot of time traveling around in other cultures and I saw that vegetables were just a very intuitive part of the plate. They played a significant role without being political or an obligation. Uh, You know, and my goal essentially now is to make vegetables more second nature and intuitive where we don't feel like we just have to steam them that we have a range of uh, recipes and tricks and tips and techniques things that we you know we feel like we can pick up any vegetable and cook with it well I know I, I at dinner I 
tend to focus on the the main dish okay the the meat so to speak and then i'm like oh my god what am i going to do for a side dish what am i going to do for vegetables (laughs) and it and it becomes the the secondary which it should be for the vegetables and the nutrition part it should be right up there at, at the top absolutely i would love for it to be the center of our plates for sure uh and you know there's there are ways to do that and for me it's really using the season as a guide uh and turning to nature for those ingredients that you know it provides for us and then uh you know letting that be the inspiration and turning into a main meal but i do think that that's not easy to do if you don't have you know great recipes to to turn to or an understanding of how to approach every vegetable you know how to break it down with knife skills how to you know how to select it and store it there's a lot of anxiety that comes with cooking with vegetables you know it's like the second you buy it, the clock starts ticking oh yeah <laughs> like, i throw away more vegetables than i cook honestly when i bring it home from the store i put it in the refrigerator and then i feel like i open it up a few days later and i'm like Oh my God! It's now it's now dead. Totally, <laughs> it's it's molding. Totally, and I think if we all had some of those back of the pocket recipes or understanding of how to just intuitively pick up any vegetable and just turn it into a meal, uh, then you know we wouldn't get to you know Wednesday or Thursday and our vegetables have you know ter- have softened or shriveled by the time we get to them. So the book obviously is full of lots of tips for storing so you don't have to feel that anxiety um, and, you know, selecting in the first place so, you know, you're getting really great produce from the start. Um, But then also, you know, just how to approach every vegetable so that you can, you know, it's not a challenge to get it on the table, uh, but something you're excited to get on the table. Okay, so I know most families cannot go to the farm stand or the supermarket every day. Mm -hmm. So they have to go once a week or so or what Mm -hmm. so when they bring the produce home are you a proponent of washing it then or washing it before they cook it washing it before they cook it and unfortunately there's no one answer and so the way that i've designed because the book, i've heard both yes. theories that one if you wash it ahead of time that starts the decay yes it does for for in most cases it does so i definitely recommend that you wait until you actually prepare it now however if you buy roots maybe beets with the greens attached or carrots with the greens attached uh the the greens will start to take the moisture out of the root so that's something you want to cut the greens away from the root Um, but otherwise really your produce shouldn't require any kind of prep until you're ready to cook it but every vegetable does sort of require a different approach and so in the book I talk about each vegetable uh, and how you approach selecting it and storing it um, and how to wash it. And some vegetables like, you know, kale is a big vegetable, really popular right now. You want to buy it when it's in its prime and maybe make a raw kale how do I know? How do I know when kale's in its prime? So, good question. So, um, so it should be, you know, it should be bright green. It shouldn't be yellowed at all. It shouldn't have any shriveling. Um, it should look you know, really fresh. It sounds 
obvious, but it should look really fresh and appealing to you. Um, now, once you get it home, if now a few days have passed or even a week has passed and it's starting to look a little bit wilted, you can put your kale into ice water and bring it back to life, oh. um, which is a great tip. Uh, and then if that doesn't quite do it, then maybe now it's time to use it in a stir fry or in a pasta or saute it rather than use it as a raw uh, as a raw salad at that point. But it's sort of, I'm a real proponent of looking at vegetables at different moments in its life cycle. You know, we don't have to throw things away, th- you know, vegetables away the second right. they start to shrivel. You don't want to buy it that way because you right. want that extra shelf life. Uh, but uh, when it starts to do that at home, there are different ways to handle it or cook with it in order to salvage it, essentially. And, and so with kale, we all, you, you always take off that, that, Yes, the stem. Uh, the stem. Yeah, um, that that inner rib. Essentially, you want to tear the the leaves right off of there, um, and then and then just use the leaves. Okay, so put to rest. Tell me, I've taken the easy way out with buying the the little carrots in the bag mm-hmm. that are already kind of you know short little munch size but but i've heard that they are kind of coated with a preservative is that true yeah i don't know exactly what they put on it i th- believe that they fill they do something in the bag to preserve it i don't know that they actually coat it on they fill the bag with some something that helps preserve it um you know i am a proponent of any you know if, if that's the way you're going to eat your carrots and enjoy them and it gets them on the table faster for you, then I think that's great. But I also think that there's nothing quite like those carrots with the greens attached. You don't even have to peel them when the uh, when they're really fresh like that and all the nutrients are in the skin. Uh, there's nothing like it in terms of the sweetness so and you're flavor. So not, you're not using the vegetable peeler and peeling the, the carrots? No, not if they come with their greens attached, which is a great sign of freshness. Now, if you get them in bulk sometimes and they look a little they look dry and their greens aren't attached uh, then I would peel them but okay. if it's if they look really fresh and moist you don't actually need to peel carrots which isn't a good time saver okay so um, I'm asking you stupid questions because I really don't know my refrigerator has uh, you know you can add the humidity mm-hmm. in the drawer or or not humidity for vegetables do you want the humidity or do you want it not humidity. So I think those things are a little bit gimmicky. You know, I feel like you can you can do either ultimately. Uh, the thing for me is that you don't want to store your produce in the back of the refrigerator where it's the coldest. Um, most vegetables will get sort of frostbitten if you put them in the very back come out frozen yeah and so you want to keep things toward the front uh where they're not getting that deep chill Uh, and then the drawer you know you can use humidity or not but um i don't don't think it's that yeah i don't think it makes that much of a difference really you want to make sure that each vegetable you sort of store according to its own needs and usually that's having a little bit of air so you know putting it in the plastic bag you got it in or, or any kind of um, reusable produce bag and allowing some air to circulate around it. But, okay. And you can throw it in the drawer. So when you bring your produce home, say you're bringing home, um, what what vegetables most in, well, tell us what vegetables most in season right now. So right now, uh, sweet corn and tomatoes, eggplant, green beans, uh Peppers are Uh wonderful right now. Zucchini. So do you take them out of the little bag that you have 
put them in at the grocery store? You can, all of those that I've mentioned, you can keep them in, um, except tomatoes are ones you don't want to put in the refrigerator. They're best. I hate, hate, hate cold <laughs> tomatoes. Yes. I grew up with, you know, my dad having a garden, and you, ne- you never had cold tomatoes. No. And nothing sucks the taste out of a tomato like it being cold absolutely no you want to you want to try and capture that just off the vine warm from the sun kind of feeling from them uh so they're ones you want to keep uh you know in a cool place in your in your kitchen but out on your kitchen counter for sure now if they're starting to move past their prime and get a little soft you can put them in the refrigerator and then maybe you want to turn them into a sauce or gazpacho a chilled soup um but yeah you don't you are so right you do not want to put those in the refrigerator but zucchini and eggplant also by the way um and cucumbers as well they can sit out if you're going to use them right away they can get sort of frostbitten in the refrigerator um but if you do put them in the refrigerator you need to put them toward the front for sure and we are talking about her new book the vegetable butcher and we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about more tips about how to select prep slice and dice masterfully and cook them. You're listening to Atlanta Living only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Check back often for breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather and traffic red alerts all weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now more of Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. And welcome back to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. We're speaking with Kara Mangini about the vegetable butcher, how to select, prep, slice, and dice. Okay, Kara, one of the vegetables that's in season is eggplant. And a lot of people don't use it because it is cute and it's beautiful, but we don't know how to use it. Totally. Select it. It's really intimidating, and it, it gets is. a bad name for being bitter. But if you buy it right now when it's in its prime, at the height of summer and into early fall, uh, it's actually really sweet and nutty when it's cooked. So you want to look for eggplant that are are firm. They shouldn't be too soft or squishy. They should have a little slight give of softness, but generally pretty firm. Uh, and you don't need to salt it. Usually the freshness is the key to the bitterness issue. Okay, so I've always heard salt it to pull the moisture out of the out of the eggplant. I don't think you need to take that extra step if you oh, buy it good. when it's really fresh. Um, also, larger eggplant tend to have more seeds, so if you don't want the seeds, look for smaller ones. Okay. Uh, and then there are tons of awesome things, quick, easy things to, to do with them. In the book, there's a great recipe for grilled eggplant steaks. You just throw them on the grill, um, put some pieces of garlic uh, on there. You can um, grill rounds and layer it with uh, heirloom tomatoes, mozzarella, and a pesto, and it's a great take on like a caprese salad. You can do a great stir fry with it. Um, great dips. You can roast it so it blackens on the outside and then scoop out the the inside. Uh, whip it with olive oil, lemon, and tahini. Makes an awesome dip. You can serve with cucumbers and pita chips. There's so many things to do and it's one that I get questions about all the time so there are tons of recipes in the book. And it's such an underused vegetable because it has such a mystery behind it about people are scared of using eggplant. We are speaking with Kara Mangini 
Mancini and um, her great book. It is so beautifully the pictures. I need I need books of lots of pictures because I need to see how it's supposed to be <laughs> yep. and how it's supposed to turn out. And uh, it's beautifully written um, with gorgeous pictures. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about recipes and knife skills on how to choose those vegetables. And you're going to hear more of that on Atlanta Living only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Sponsored by Vane Innovations. Welcome back to Atlanta Living, where we are helping your side dishes maybe take them to the main dishes with vegetables. The vegetable butcher is in the studio. It's Kara Mangini, and she is the author of How to Select, Prep, Slice, and Dice, Masterfully Cooked Vegetables from Artichokes to Zucchini. Now, Kara, people laugh at me because I go to some of the best restaurants in Atlanta, and I order the vegetable plate (laughs) because... I think if if a great restaurant can produce a great vegetable plate, then they got it going on. Absolutely. I think you have to do a lot of creative thinking when it comes to vegetables. Not only are there so many different in- ingredients and different flavors and textures and colors, uh, and and because in our culture we sort of put vegetables to the side. Uh, I think it you know it takes a, a great chef to be able to make them the star of the show. But it doesn't have to take all day. Nope. And so the working family needs to kind of throw dinner together rather quick. And so can you tell us some some dishes that we can prepare with vegetables that can be relatively quick but very flavorful? Yes. I think I think that stir fries are a great thing to turn to. Any vegetable that's in season, you can easily they you know cook very quickly in that format and pair them with rice or another grain. Uh, a pasta that's really heavy on the vegetables, I think, is really great. Grilling, especially this time of year, you know, you just have to slice and throw vegetables onto the grill and pair them with a really flavorful, you know, salsa verde or a yogurt sauce or some kind of dip, and also pair that with a grain. I think is really easy. There's lots of great recipes in the book for dishes like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that when you're thinking about vegetables, you sort of have to reimagine what the plate looks like. You know, it's not what you traditionally think of as a meat and a starch and a vegetable. uh, That, you know, throwing together a few different vegetables actually, you know, makes up a plate. So maybe you do a a vegetable-based salad uh, and then also some vegetables that come off the grill or some roasted vegetables. Uh, So when you're grilling vegetables, what temperature... Would you grill them? Medium high heat usually. Uh, and, you know, you want to just get some color on them and, and cook them until they're just tender. Uh, but I think in general with vegetables, you want to get that color, but don't overcook them. Okay. I think there was, we probably all came from a time oh. where vegetables were overcooked until the flavor uh, was completely sucked out of them uh, and then you know, weren't paired with the right accompaniments to make the, their flavors really come alive. So you want so roasting and grilling are really, and sauteing are really great cooking methods that allow you to get that color, uh, caramelization without 
overcooking them, cooking them, you know, sort of quickly so they're not soft and mushy. Well, I've noticed that, you know, steaming broccoli versus roasting broccoli is a whole different world. Absolutely. And I love broccoli roasted, cauliflower also. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, broccoli with olive oil, salt and pepper, some lemon and garlic. I think that makes an excellent, uh, even little appetizer with a glass of wine uh, after work. You oh, know, that's, that's really, idea. yeah, really delicious. Uh, and, you know, cauliflower also is one that's really trendy, I think, vegetable right now. And But it had a bad name for so long because it was boiled until it had this cabbage flavor. But actually, Actually, when you roast it and get wonderful color, it is so full of flavor. There's a great recipe in the book for cauliflower hummus uh, that I love when you, you can layer into sandwiches or spread it on uh, on toast. Uh, How are you doing cauliflower hummus? So it's it's not a traditional hummus. There's no chickpeas in okay. it. But uh, you caramelize it until you roast it until it gets lots of color on it and it brings out the sweetness in right. the cauliflower. Uh, and then you whip it with um, just pureed in a food processor with olive oil, lemon, uh, tahini, and some garlic. It is so good. And if you layer that with maybe on an open-faced sandwich with cucumbers and tomato, it makes just a delicious sandwich or a great dip with, you know, pita chips or... Now, is that something you could keep in the refrigerator for a while? Totally. Yeah, you could keep that for at least four days. Oh, that's great. Yeah, really good. And these are things that you can start your kids on early. Absolutely. And... And... They will learn to love vegetables. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm also, I think we should celebrate them and not hide them. Uh, And I think if we start by showing vegetables, not only showing kids how beautiful these ingredients are, that they can connect to that they're actually really beautiful, not something that they have to eat or are forced to eat or they only see the finished product, but if they can connect with how beautiful they are just as raw ingredients and then, you know, and then make them taste really good rather than hiding them in dishes, then I think kids naturally will start to gravitate toward them. And green beans, I had roasted, my neighbor brought green beans to me the other day from um, his little, uh, his little open box uh, garden. (laughs) And uh, he said he roasts them. And I love that idea. They were to die for. I love that idea. I don't traditionally roast uh, green beans. I'm going to have to use that one. It was delicious. Love that. green beans. Love that. And I think green beans are one that people, if you had a bad childhood memory of having like canned green beans, they're just not like they are right now where you can eat them just fresh and they're absolutely delicious. That is such a great idea. Now, what about using spices with your vegetables? How do you know how to pair different spices with your vegetables? So... I talk in the book about each vegetable, you can access each vegetable and their knife skills information and how to select and store, but also great partners. So I talk about all the ingredients that I think are really, uh, you know, make those vegetables shine in hopes that you could just, you know, pick up that whatever spice or, uh, you know, another vegetable that pairs really well with it, or maybe a cheese that pairs really well with it as well. Um, So Every vegetable is different in terms of what spice works well with it. But I think it's something you just play with. You know, you don't be afraid to, to use spices. And, and all vegetables, I think, can really uh, handle a good amount of spice. So I'd start with whatever your favorites are, whatever your favorite, you know, whatever the spices you're comfortable using already. Uh, and, you know, start with a little and then go from there. 
Now, what are you seeing that's coming down the pike that's, you know, kale hit its really trendy stage. What are you seeing coming down the pike that's going to be the trendy vegetable in the near future? I think kohlrabi. So kohl- okay, what? <laughs> so <laughs> it's one that right now that people have that reaction to. It's like, what is this? Uh, and it is in the brassica family. So the, it's the what this, family? The brassica. So it's it, it has this kale meets broccoli flavor. Okay. Uh, and maybe even a little cabbage uh, flavor in there as well. I think it ultimately tastes like a broccoli stem, and it has the texture of a broccoli stem. So if you really like broccoli, and some people don't love the texture of uh, the broccoli florette that you get all that wonderful sweet broccoli flavor uh, but in that uh, in a in the the stem like texture Uh, and it's really great raw it becomes incredibly sweet when you roast it okay Uh, love 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 kohlrabi and the greens are often attached to it uh, which means it's basically it's a bulb um, but it, it you know, it's, it's a round root, essentially, with stems and leaves. And when the leaves are attached, you can use them as well. And so it's like two vegetables in one, which I love. Uh, and then you can, you know, steam or saute the greens like you would kale or spinach. Uh, but I love, love, love kohlrabi. Okay. Yeah. So look look for that. Yeah. <laughs> Start using it. Now, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. You have a farm stand and um, soon to open a restaurant. Yep. So we have uh, we have a farm stand and artisan foods boutique, and we partner directly with local farmers. Uh, we also have a small restaurant, uh, a, a stand essentially in the North Market in Columbus, Ohio, uh, and then uh, and then we're working on a freestanding uh, larger restaurant. But the restaurant is completely produce inspired, uh, which means that we uh, take you know every vegetable and every moment of the season, and, and they inspire the dishes that we create and our goal is to honor the work of our farmers and support the health of our community and ultimately give people a taste of every moment of the year through the vegetables that inspire our dishes. I love it. And you show, okay, I'm just, you know, I just opened the book. I think uh, we're looking at cabbage and, um, you know, I I used to hate cabbage (laughs) as a child and then I tasted it sauteed in peanut oil. And it changed my life. It's so good. So that's another one that was probably over, was either boiled or steamed, and it had that just sort of sulfurous, uh, cabbage-y flavor. Uh, But you're right. When it's sautéed or or, um, braised in some butter and some um, stock, it just becomes so sweet and delicious. Uh, There's a great recipe in the book for uh, sautéed cabbage uh, served with cheddar on toast and it is so oh my god it is so so good but cu- cabbage cooked and raw is delicious uh, okay love so it. we have about a minute and a half left um artichokes yes. they're we kind of look at them and go oh they're i don't know what to <laughs> can do. you even eat that can you eat that you know the artichoke hearts in a can we can but tell us how the best way 
to get the most out of those spiky little things. I think you, well, there's a step-by-step guide on how to break them down, first of all, in the book, which I think everybody could use. I love to quarter them, cut out the choke, and then uh, boil them until they're just soft, and then marinate them, and then throw them on the grill, and then marinate them again, and you get this just, they're just fun to tear off the leaves, and then you dig into the heart, and it's sort of messy and fun to eat. Um, Just really great vegetable finger food. Finger food over a glass of wine. That sounds perfect. Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is a great book if you really need to expand your your vegetable palate and and try something new. It is, I mean, this is a beautiful book, Kara. You've done such a wonderful job. So... Kara uh, Mangini. Um, it is called The Vegetable Butcher How to Select, Prep, Slice, and Dice. So, this is a must get for every home cook. So, uh, best of luck with this. And um, I'm going to be dog earing several of these. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. You've been listening to Atlanta Living only on News 955 at AM 750 WSB. Depend on it. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News and WSB. Our 24-hour news center is delivering updates four times an hour all weekend. You can depend on it. And we'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 to 9, with breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes when you wake up. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now, back to Belinda Skelton. Hey, welcome back, y'all, to Atlanta Living. It's time for Breaking Chews. Now, this is our weekly check-in on all the -the up-to-the-minute breaking news about local restaurants, chefs, festivals. I'm here with my favorite foodie correspondent, David Danzig, of the website BitesAndSites.net, also a food writer for Atlanta Social Season magazine, and, of course, BelindaSkelton.com. Ooh, Falls Cornucopia of Dinners and Festivals has arrived. It has, you know. So so coming up this coming Thursday, there's an awesome dinner. It's the Georgia chapter of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Oh, yeah, that's big. They're having their third annual Harvest for a Cure event. And this is going to be a gourmet food and wine gala Um our buddy uh, Jerry Klaskala of Aria, he's kind of yes. the, the leader of that pack, but there's going to be guys from uh, Bacchanalia and General Muir and King and Duke and uh, Pano from Kima, so uh, Kevin Rath, and there's going to be some amazing chefs um, at this National Multiple Sclerosis third annual Harvest for a Cure event. I've got a link up at BelindaSkelton.com. That's coming up next Thursday. So it's fall also means the release of Pappy Van Winkle. Ooh. So for those bourbon connoisseurs, that is sort of the bellwether of oh, yes. the, the best bourbon. The Pinewood Indicator, they do an annual dinner, and it's a Pappy Van Winkle pairing dinner. And that's coming up on Sunday, October 23rd, or Monday, October 24th. It's a five-course dinner with this rare whiskey pairing, Pappy Van Winkle. i got a link at BelindaSkelton.com about that as well. But you got to hurry and get your tickets. And then finally, my favorite, favorite, favorite fall festival. It's called An Afternoon in the Country. This is the 16th year they've done it. And La Dame Escoffier International, it's a great organization. They're putting it on. It's been at Serenby, but this year they're doing it at a new place, Fox Hall Resort and Sporting Club. That's going to be Sunday, November 6th. And these are the top restaurants in the city 
I mean, they all go to this. Nobody skips this one. So it's called An Afternoon at the Country. It is in this beautiful bucolic setting. All the great chefs, all the farms, everybody comes out for this one. Link is up at BelindaSkelton.com. Get tickets for that as well. I will definitely be at the afternoon. Gosh, there's so much going on the next few weeks. Okay, so if you are confused about anything he said, go to BelindaSkelton.com. There's a link there to all these festivals and dinners that are going on that you're not going to want to miss. And the prices look fantastic. Well... For what you're getting, I, you can't you can't beat it. I mean, these are all three unbelievable opportunities. So jump on it. All right, we look forward to talking to you next week. You're listening to Atlanta Living only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Depend on it.